Number five, it was on the River Church Vision 2017. And this is basically the same vision that we had before that was on the little laminated sheet, but it just kind of got reworded and enhanced. Uh, number five is using our authority in Christ to affect our nation, state, and county for peace, righteousness and safety as we pray and decree by the word of God. So that is part of our vision to to uh, be a praying church that affects the nation, affects the state, and affects the county for peace, righteousness, and safety as we pray and decree by the word of God. And you might say, well, I don't know if there's enough of us to really do that. It would take a big church. But I want to remind you it only took one when Daniel prayed, it only took one. And uh, uh, we have several examples in the Word of God where one person was able to affect. So keep that in mind that that is a part of the vision. So I want to talk about that part of the vision tonight, about praying for the nation, the state, and the county. And uh, hopefully we'll get some revelation and some insight. And uh, I always would like to... Uh, make that easier to do for us. I know that uh, I've always, uh, I've had a call to prayer on my life, but that doesn't mean it has not been a struggle and a fight a lot (laughs) along the way, a lot of times, and uh, sometimes more than others. But, you know, as long as we're in the flesh, the flesh does not want to do the will of God. It's just, that's, you know, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's with all of us. So if we can make things, if we can can discover ways, and I've a lot of what I've learned about prayer, I've learned from other people. So if we can make things easier uh, to get what we're called to do done, and, you know, it seems to me that when I read about other people, I think, man, it, it's really easy for you, it seems like. But I don't know if my flesh is just weaker or if they just don't tell you the back story. You know, sometimes there's the front story and then there's the back story. And, of course, don't get me wrong. I love to pray. And, and, and I, love, I, I, I love it, but my flesh still fights me. And so First uh, Timothy 2, 1 through 3, and uh, this is very familiar to you, uh, but let's look at it again. It never hurts to go back to the Word of God. It says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, and that's something I've struggled with, is the first of all. <laughs> Hallelujah. First of all, supplications, that just means requests, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So he says to do it first of all. I think there are a lot of reasons for that, and one of them is that it it needs to be first or you probably won't ever get to it. And then he tells us that that, that we'll be using different kinds of prayer. The, the requests, the prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, and for kings and all that are in authority. And the purpose is that we could lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And if we've ever been in a time where uh, quiet and peaceable 
and godliness and honesty was needed. And I'm sure there have been many times in the earth. But in my lifetime, this has been the, the uh, more of a need uh, for that quiet, that peace, godliness, and honesty. Um, so, um, and then turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And it's obviously, it's obvious that the prayers of the saints uh, are, are very much needed and required right now. And God said, let us make man in our image after our own likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So here we have why we are going to have to pray. We discover why or why are we going to have to pray? Because God gave dominion to man. And so until that changes, um, it will be our responsibility. And it's amazing that we haven't known this that well and that there's still uh, very many Christians that don't know it. And I know I certainly didn't. Matthew 18, 18, here's another place. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then on, goes on talks about agreement too. But here's the whatever we bind is the what's going to be bound. Whatever we loose is what's going to be loosed. And that's how it's going to be. Uh, I believe it's the Amplified. I didn't look this up today, but if you have Amplified, you can verify it or correct me. That says, uh, whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you don't allow on earth will not be allowed in heaven. And then as we go to uh, uh, Romans 5.17, when we put all these scriptures together, we get a greater understanding of why we have to pray, why it's necessary for us to pray. Hallelujah. Romans 5.17 For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So we're the ones who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. I know you would agree with that. And it says that we shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. To reign is uh, to actually means uh, shall reign means to exercise kingly power. So to exercise kingly power, the governor of a province. You might be surprised to realize that you're not a nobody in the spirit realm. In the natural, you may think, oh, I'm just an ordinary citizen here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, but uh, you are, you, you, God may be looking at you, and probably is, as a governor over a province in the spirit realm. In other words, he's assigned to you an area. To exercise, it also means to exercise highest influence. Highest influence. Not a little influence, but highest influence. You may be the highest authority over some area, and I, likely you are. I mean, I'm not. When I say maybe, I'm not saying well, it's a very unlikely thing. No, it's a, it's a, 
you know, unless you live side next door to somebody, somebody next door that has as much revelation as you have, then you you are the highest authority in that area. So up by the lake, Garland and Annette are the governors of the province. I would just about guarantee that nobody up there has the revelation of the authority that they have. And I'm not trying to be a, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> you know, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> hallelujah. Also means to control, to control. You're in control. A lot of people say God's in control. No, you're in control. And whatever we allow in Tuscaloosa County will be allowed in heaven. And whatever we don't allow in Tuscaloosa County will not be allowed. Hallelujah. And so tonight we're going to look a little further than we've gone before in that. So we have a responsibility as Christians. That was in Genesis 1.26, the responsibility that God has given us. And if we truly understand our authority, we, we do understand that when we don't pray, nothing happens. If we don't pray, if we're having a bad week, a bad then it's not happening. And that's what I want to come with tonight is some ways to get us where even on a bad day, even on a day when you get up and you're running behind or you get up and you just feel like crud, that you can still rule and reign. You can still take control. And uh, so uh, kind of breaking that down tonight. Uh, and when I say if we don't pray, nothing happens, really that's not even the truth. Because when we don't pray, something does happen. Things go to the devil. Things go to the devil when there's, when there's nobody in an area to pray. Or in the case of a huge city, uh, you know, it may take more than one to pray. Obviously, there's places where you can tell not that there's there's not being they're not winning the war let's just put it that way there might be somebody praying but they're not winning i can name cities in america right now where they're not winning hallelujah and so we need to pray and whatever it takes uh to win and then besides the responsibility at river church i believe we have a call a special call we may have a call. You know, the Bible talks about uh, to whom much is given, much is required. So partly we have a call because we've been given some revelation. And why us? I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, we've been given some revelation. So because we have the revelation, things are going to be required of us. So part of that is the reason for the call. And then there's other reasons uh, for the call of God on us at River Church. And so this is the call here to use our authority in Christ to affect our nation, state, and county for peace, righteousness, and safety as we pray and decree by the Word of God. So, uh, <clears throat> and then I want to talk about uh, another thing. We have a responsibility, we have a call, and we have a sphere of authority. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 10 for that. I have studied this a lot because there was a time in my life I did not really understand this. 2 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, But we will not boast of things without our measure, 
but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand." It's clear to me as I have studied that that there is a there is a sphere of authority and understanding that sphere of authority that we have been given. In other words, um, and it's kind of hard to understand because we've been kind of led to believe, and it's true in one measure, but that we're to pray for the whole earth. And that we could pray for uh, Prague, and we could pray for Berlin, and we could pray. But and it is true that we might can have some good, do some good in praying for those places. But it's more true that we have a sphere of authority that we've been given, and we're going to have more authority in that sphere of authority. And that's why uh, sometimes uh, we just have to be led by the Spirit when praying for other places. We know, though, that we can always pray for Tuscaloosa County, Alabama. We know that we have authority in Alabama because we are citizens of Alabama. And we have authority in the United States of America. Uh, we may have a in a general sense, over the government and things that are federal, we have authority because we are a citizen of that system. But when it comes to individual cities and things like that, except within, uh, and you just have to think this through and just kind of meditate on it and receive from God your assignments in prayer, but you may not be able to have the same effect over in Birmingham as you're having in Tuscaloosa County. In other words, you may can stop every tornado in Tuscaloosa, and I believe you can. But you may not be able to stop every tornado in Birmingham. I don't fully understand that, but I just have, I believe that is how it is. And so that doesn't mean we don't pray. That doesn't mean we don't. But there is a realm of authority. There is a sphere of influence that God has given us. He's given to each one of us a measure, or you could even call it an assignment. Now, that is one thing that can get you outside of just where you live is when God gives you an assignment. If God assigns you to Prague, then you will have authority there. If God assigns a nation to you or he assigns some specific thing to you, you will have authority there. And there are assignments uh, that God give us. And those assignments could include nations. And for sure it includes this nation, our state, our city, our county. Hallelujah. So you do carry in that realm of authority. And he said, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors. Hallelujah. So, you know, just 
if you feel like you're called to pray for New York City, then find out from the Holy Ghost for sure. And if you are, then do it. But you may not be. You may not have that assignment. So I don't I don't know how to say it any different than that. Uh, there's four things I've noticed that causes this prayer assignment that we've been given for our city, our nation, uh, our area of authority. And every man has been given this area of authority. And there's not any Christian that's not assigned to pray. And ha and if we all do it, did our part, things will things will happen and and we will have that peace and safety and that that prosperity for the nation. And so, so number one thing that causes this not to happen is the don't know. Just do, don't know you're supposed to. Never even read uh, the one first scripture we read, First Timothy two one through three. I was a Christian from 1964 to 1980 before I even knew Second Timothy, First Timothy two even existed. I know that sounds horrible, but you cannot believe how much revelation we were not given in our church, what we were not taught. I did have a revelation to, that you, to, be, to go to heaven, you had to, believe, you had to ask Jesus to come into your heart. I had that, a, a big revelation of that. Basically, that's all I had. Um, so don't know it. Number two, overwhelmed by... Read First Timothy chapter 2, but overwhelmed, that seems like too big a job. Too big a job to pray for kings and all those in authority. Would you say that that could be a reason to keep this from happening? Number three, if we are impatient in prayer, if we are going to be the kind of prayers that pray for our city, our county, our nation, our state, if we are impatient prayers... Because it takes time to clean up situations in prayer. It takes time to change situation. It's taken a lot of time to even get our nation to kind of going back. And, and there's much opposition. There's a war going on. Uh, it's a war of confusion, first of all, that's going on in our nation. It's uh, Most people out there don't even know... They don't even know why they're there. They don't even know why they're out there. They are in a state of confusion, and they're mostly in fear. They are in tremendous fear, and they don't even know what they're afraid of. But they are in fear. They're in confusion. And, um, and, and here's the facts. I read something by Perry Stone, not on the nation and not on that subject, but he was talking about... Uh, studying the numerical value of words in the Old Testament and Hebrews in the Hebrew language. Have you ever heard of that? Okay. He was talking about that. And he said that God put it in his heart a lot of years ago to study the Old Testament at a time when everybody in his denomination, which is Church of God, uh, when everybody in his denomination was totally focused on the New Testament, did not study the Old Testament at all. And so he said God put it in his heart to study the Old Testament. And he was, by the Spirit, met a rabbi. In, uh, he was the rabbi of the Western Wall in Jerusalem, so a higher-up rabbi over there. And he learned some things from him, and he said he 
got to studying on this uh, N-U-M-E-R-A-T-I-A, however you say that. And that's what that's what's called anyway. So he got to studying on that, the numerical value of words and letters in the Hebrew language. And a lot of times that reveals things. And then he said in 1980, a man in the 80s, a man wrote a book called The Bible Code. Everybody remember the book Bible Code? And he said so he, a few times in meetings and stuff, would preach on that, the words and the, some of their meanings and used and the Bible Code. He said people fought him. Preachers fought him. They fought him so hard, they just, and he said, and then he said this quote, and it just, it just hit me that this is what's happening. He said, they fought him, most of them never even bothering to study anything out for themselves or to go and look or gain understanding or to study anything. And it was like when I read that, that dropped down in my heart that a lot of people in our nation are fighting but they and they are they are just sprayed and fearful and in confusion and then just and they don't even know what they're saying and when, why they're saying it but they never go to the trouble to study out they don't they couldn't pass a civics test they they wouldn't even know how our government runs they have no understanding of uh, any historical things of our government. And, you know, you've seen the, the things where they ask them, well, who was the first president? And they say Abraham Lincoln and stuff like that. You know, they've never studied anything. They, they are fighting, but and a lot of times people fight what they don't understand. And that's the problem is people don't understand because, you know, they're Facebooking, they're, they're everything social media, but they don't, they don't research, well, why is this happening and what does this mean and what, what, is, uh, what is this government doing and what is, they don't know anything about any of those things. And that's why they're afraid, and that's why they're fighting, and that's why they're... Uh, so, um, we can be so overwhelmed that it's too big a job. Or we can be impatient prayers where we are not willing to stay in the fight, to stay in the... the, the to keep saying, to keep decreeing, to keep uh, moving the mountain. Hallelujah. And that's another scripture that I was going to read tonight, but I guess I missed typing it down. I was going to miss, uh, read Mark 11 and verse 23. That uh, Let's look at that right quick, because that goes back to our authority and what we're called to do and how we can pray for the nation. But we have to be patient prayers, because nations are not changed overnight. People are not changed overnight. It, it takes time. It takes, uh, hallelujah. 
For verily I say unto you, verse 23, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So us saying to whatever mountain is in our city, whatever mountains in our, our state or our, our federal government, us being willing to say it, pray it, decree it and stay in there and be patient in our praying and not quit praying because in two weeks or a month we don't see uh, the results uh, that we would like to see is important and then number four why this doesn't happen is because a lot of times as Christians we see the call in 1 Timothy 2 but we don't know where to start where do I start? Oh, pray for kings and all those in authority. Pray for governments. Where do I start? And that's what I want to try to do tonight is simplify it a little bit. The biggest factor you already have, you know who you are in Christ. And you know the authority you carry. And that's the biggest qualification. You have already conquered the hardest part. You may not... I mean, we're still receiving a revelation of who we are. That's going to be unfolding. But you basically get it. That you're in control of your life. You're in control. And what you allow is going to be allowed. So, um, and then I, I'm going to tell you one of the easiest ways to get started is to get some prayer helps. Prayer helps. You know, since the heat, the, it's starting in 1948 and then coming into the, the word and teaching revival that began uh, the late 60s and 70s, in the 70s, a word and teaching revival since then, uh, literally millions of books, articles, and teachings have been released upon us in the body of Christ where we have prayer helps that weren't even available. Or if they were available, you would have to go to a bookstore. And if you went to a bookstore, there might be one book if any, that might give you something on prayer or healing. But we have we are have unlimited resources. Why? You don't even have to get a book. You can just go online and type in how to pray for our nation and you you can stay busy for the next six weeks just reading the articles that come up. Sometimes I don't know it'll tell you uh, how many articles there are on a subject and you know you go 10 million articles oh wow because everybody has their articles on the internet now so we have prayer helps out there and i'm not saying everything out there is good but a lot of it is and sometimes even if one article you might get one clue or one cue from um so get a prayer help i wanted to raise this up to you uh, this is a little prayer help that I use when praying for the nation. And we used to have this in the bookstore many years ago in Word of Life. And, uh, no, I don't think so. I'm not sure, but I don't think it's out there. Pray for our nation, scriptural prayers to revive our country. And this was written in uh, 1999. And uh, anyway... If you want one of these, you can pay $5 at the book table and sign up, and I will get you one and get it here for you. And I won't be 
make we won't make a profit on that or anything. But anyway, so when I read this, I go, this could have been written for, you know, today. It's like it's so relevant and full of revelation for today. But the part I like about this, and this is why I want to tell you about it, and I would I would just encourage every one of you to get this, and because you are instructed by the Word of God to pray for your nation and to do it first, to pray for those in authority. So you better get some help to do it if you can't. If and I'll tell you, uh, it's hard to originate everything on your own, especially if you're like if you get up in the morning and you start to pray. Uh, you you get up. And there is just so many factors in the morning. You can be sleepy. You can be tired. You didn't get enough that night. You can be not feeling that good. Your blood sugar's low. <laughs> you got the whim-whams. That's what I call it. <laughs> when your blood sugar's low, you get the whim-whams. And <laughs> uh, so you can, you can have all this stuff. And you mean I'm supposed to pray for my nation? You gotta be kidding! I, I can't even concentrate. I can't focus, and so this is what you know. I don't have to have a feeling. I don't even have to be led by the Spirit to pray this. Now, a lot of times, I'll start by praying this, and it'll stir up something in me. I don't know about you, but I through the election season and then even since the election, I have been more inspired than ever to pray for our nation. And I don't know why. I guess it's just the Holy Ghost. But I've been super inspired. And some mornings I could just roll. But there are mornings when it's just, and especially when you say I have to do it first. And especially if I'm... Uh, operating under a time factor you know anything can affect me i can be cold and i can't concentrate because i'm cold i can be hot and i can't concentrate i don't know about you our pastor can be doing something you know or somebody's coming by the house to repair something or you know it's just you, but i won't tell you something i prayed this the other morning with the repairman in the house banging on something and because because i don't have to have a feeling I don't have to have any. So it's very simple, and it's real short. The prayer is not long at all. Dear Father, I lift up our president to you. His heart is in your hand. I ask you to guide the head of our nation in the way you would have him to go. So get you a prayer help. If it's this little book, or I have a couple of other sheets too that I use. And so I want to encourage you in that. Okay. Okay. Um, then, um, when starting out to pray for our nation, most people take on too much. I think that's true of just about praying for anything. That most people bite off more than they can chew when it comes to prayer. So don't take on too much. And then, of course, we've already read to put it first, praying for the nation. When I say nation, under nation or because it says leaders and all those in authority, I, I think it means nation, state, and, and your locale, your local place. So I throw all that under that, okay? Keep it small and keep it simple. Keep it small. Don't feel like if I only prayed that for our president, that wouldn't be enough. Don't feel that way. It is enough. It, is, it might not be enough every day, but it's enough 
It's enough to get started. It's enough to begin. It's enough to learn. And besides, it's unlikely that until you and I grow in prayer that God's given us an assignment to, boy, I'm supposed to lay on the floor four hours and on a map and pray for nations. There are people that are called to do that, but if you're going to work tomorrow, you're not. You're not called to lay on a mat and pray four hours in the morning because you're going to be praying all right if you do that. You're going to be praying to eat. Hallelujah. So keep it simple. And then knowing that you don't have to invent it. Sometimes, and I love being led by the Spirit in prayer. Don't get me wrong. And when I am, I am. And when whew, I can blow the roof off of the house when I am. I can, hallelujah. But it's not that way every time and every day. But yet I need to, this assignment that is on me, I need to fulfill it every day. So you don't have to invent it. Uh, if you will find a starting point, the Holy Ghost will take it from there. And your starting point might be this little book, which is full of things on national morality, the military, election of godly leaders, the economy, and they're all very short. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't try to pray the whole book every day. Usually I'll take one or two of those, and that's all I'll do. Uh, and hallelujah. Then I want to encourage you that if you're going to pray for the nation and our county and our state, you're going to have to keep abreast of the news, which is something I used to never do. In fact, until we moved to Alabama, I couldn't have told you anything that was going on in the news. And uh, like if they say the Iran-Contra affair, like I didn't have a clue what that was. You know, because I wasn't keeping abreast of the news. I was I was spiritual. I was reading my Bible. I was praying. I was the pastor's wife at the church. But I was totally checked out where what was happening in our nation, except like right before an election, you know, we might pray or something. But other than that, but I want to tell you, one thing I've discovered is if you're going to pray, you're going to have to know what's happening. And if you don't know what, and I'm not saying spending hours researching the news, but you can put an app on your phone to know what's happening that day and to know the things you ought to pray about. And it doesn't take long to pray to pray something that's happening right then or, or to know something that's coming up. And if we don't do that, we'll let things slip through. For instance, yesterday I heard on the news, I was actually in a place where there was a TV waiting on something and I looked up at the TV and I saw that the Birmingham City Council voted to make Birmingham a sanctuary city and I just about spit right then I just and uh, uh, first of all I think it's just uh, the I think they wanted attention because there's no sanctuary cities in Alabama I think it was a you know a lot of people wanting attention in the but that's my that's my take on it I can't prove that uh, but here's my thinking my first one of my first thoughts was where Birmingham where are you where are the prayers why'd you let that slip through of course I can't be too self-righteous because you know what am I letting slip through in Tuscaloosa County 
Do you know what I mean, though? But if we're not abreast of the news, we're not even going to know what the city council is about to vote on or what they're and 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 uh, hallelujah. And, you know, even though you may live in the county, this is still uh uh, if you get your mail and and they have to put Tuscaloosa, Alabama on the envelope, then you are Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Or if you live in the county and you don't put Tuscaloosa, you're still this is it affects us all. So we're not to let things slip through. We're to keep abreast. We're to we kind of have this down at River Church where protection, where we pray against the weather. And mostly we're in agreement about that, except when it comes to snow. And we get out of agreement every time we get now you got people praying over here and people praying over there and hallelujah. <laughs> but other than that, we're in agreement. We're so sure in agreement for no destruction. We're in agreement when it comes to praying for protection against terrorism in our uh, city. We're in agreement. You know, we're bringing students from all over the world, so don't think it couldn't happen in Tuscaloosa. I know this town just seems so nice, and it is in so many areas. But it does, you, we got to stay on top of it. We have a mosque here, or actually we have a student center where they go for that. And then we have a Hindu. Of course, Hindus are mostly peaceable. So, uh, but we have all those things here. Um, and then we are to protect the city from crime. Tuscaloosa. We're to be on top of that. Like when you hear on the news, and this was recently, car break-ins on 69 South and a lot of the neighborhoods on 69 South, we are to jump on that. Really, we could jump on it before, uh, you know, just for your neighborhood, you could take authority every day, if need be, over burglaries, break-ins, that it just doesn't happen uh, where your area is and crime and Crime is exposed, and uh, so it's important that we stay on top of that. And then on uh, where our our county and our state, in government decisions, decisions are being made. We want decisions to be made for righteousness and for truth, and decisions that are wise. But it has to be for righteousness. It has to be for truth. And then uh, the next thing is... Uh, the purpose, uh, talking about, I'm going to pass out this sheet or get somebody to. Eric, if you want to. Here's a, a prayer thing about praying for God's purposes for our city. I, I never thought of this in the past, but I think the Holy Ghost is saying that we need to go past the protection. He wants us to go past just praying for protection from weather and terrorism and crime in our city. And get out there and uh, the vision of our city to be accomplished. And so in order to do that, we kind of have to discover what is God's purpose uh, for Tuscaloosa. And so one of the ways that we can discover God's purpose is to look at historical indications. And uh, Tuscaloosa has a lot of history. And then we can look at current evidences. And then this, where God has a redemptive plan for a city. A redemptive plan. That means it has to do with the spiritual side. Satan will counter with his perversion of the plan. 
his principal strategies and strongholds could be could be idolatry and think about Tuscaloosa and see if you think there's any of things for idolatry, rivalry, pride, revelry, mammon, control, or deception. Those are just some of the things it could be. These are outlined below with the corresponding prayer for God to establish his purchase purposes in each of these areas. So this it says pray against the evidences of idolatry. Now I personally believe that and it that the football that will be one of the areas where we see some idolatry is where the football I don't believe it means that the football is 100% wrong and we shouldn't even have it here. I believe that it has to be, that it, God gave it to us for a purpose and it has to be managed right and should be used for the right purposes. And then Islam, is there? we do know there is some of that here. Freemasonry, Satanism, we know there is some of that here. We may not know. American Indian Spiritism, well, this whole city was founded because of the Indians. If you go online and read the history of Tuscaloosa, you will see that it has a very big tie to uh, uh, Indians. And Indians uh, practice witchcraft and spiritism. They were heathens when uh, when the pilgrims got here. The pilgrims converted many of them to Christianity, but there's still a lot of that Indian spiritism, witchcraft, and stuff. In fact, those mounds down at Moundville are heathen. That come, that's their heathen worship. It, well, that was one of the things they used was those mounds, and those are scattered throughout the southeast. And then African tribal religions. Um, and then to pray, so we pray against that. So we use our binding against that. And then we lose things uh, for God's Spirit to establish in Tuscaloosa. That, and not just for our church, but that the city worships Him in spirit and in truth. That there is a faithfulness to the Scriptures as the rule for faith and life. Praise and thanksgiving among God's people. Discernment of spirits by the church. And His presence as Adonai, the one who alone is sovereign Lord of all. But I don't want to go through that right now. Let's talk about discovering the purpose for Tuscaloosa through historical things and through current evidence. So one of the things, as I prayed about this, that came up in my heart about Tuscaloosa County is that I believe that we have a call on our county and city to be a leadership call, that we are called to leadership. And the historical evidences of that, and you can tell me some more if you think of some, historical evidence that we're to be a leader in Alabama is, first of all, that we were once the capital. So that's a historical evidence, that we were once the capital of Alabama. In fact, did you know that Tuscaloosa is one day older than the state of Alabama? one day older, that the, the city of Tuscaloosa was incorporated uh, exactly one day before Alabama was made a state. 
I think that speaks something. I believe that Alabama has a leadership call on our life. Another historical evidence of that has to do with football, that even historically, going way, way back, that Alabama has been a leader in college football. In fact, God has used college football and Mercedes-Benz plant coming here to give Alabama a name that is fairly well known throughout the nation if you compare to other cities especially. Now, I didn't know it till we drove into the state the first time and stopped to get something to drink off the interstate. I had never even heard of Tuscaloosa. My kids had, though, because they knew about college football. And so people had. Uh, so... Uh, <clears throat> I believe that's historical evidence. Can anybody think of anything? We're just going to slow down a little bit here and have some, maybe some interaction. But uh, can anybody think of anything else historically that would show leadership that, that possibly Tuscaloosa has a leadership role for our state and nation? That's true. That's true. I had not thought about that. I, th I Actually, I have that wrote down, Governor, but I only knew of one. See, I don't go very far back. <laughs> okay, Lurleen Wallace. Okay. We also, okay, let's go to current evidence. So current or near current evidence is uh, that we led the South in developing the automotive industry in the southern states. I mean, the automotive industry was in the northern Detroit and all that, but we led out in that. So to me, that, and since then, lots of automotive industry has come to uh, not only Alabama, but southern states. I thought that was an evidence. We also have a U.S. senator from Tuscaloosa. Not every town can say that the senator, the U.S. senator, and he's longstanding, and he didn't just get elected last year. And then she's two governors that Melissa pointed out. That's good. And then national championship football many times. So I think that's, I think that's evidence of leadership. And when used the right way, it, it, it helps us be influential in our nation. Of course, we have to not go to the idolatry side of that and the pride side and the I won't all of Auburn dead, you know. When you go that far, you have gone too far. When you start burning down trees or whatever he did, did he burn them or poison? Okay, when you start poisoning and burning and 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 or even you know if it's not that destructive, if you start burning your initials in their field and stuff like that, that's what our rival when I was going to high school used to do. Every homecoming, they came over and burned a big pea in the field of our, our football field. Uh, our, our, uh, uh, our guards were not very effective. <laughs> uh, they always tried to burn the bonfire the night before and burn the pea in the field. The pea for plains, we were sea graves. Okay. But anyway, national championship football. And then Another evidence, current evidence, of leadership in our state is the federal building. And I did not realize this, but uh, before they built the federal building here, the only courtroom big enough to have a big trial was in Huntsville. 
But Huntsville's courtroom did not have enough. It didn't have whatever it took to get criminals in and out of the courtroom or the courthouse safely. And so that's why they built this federal. I thought Governor Shelby just put some pork on the end of a some bill, and he probably did that too. But, you know, that's how I thought. But really there was a purpose in building a new federal building is that it, there was a safety issue where bring, bringing criminals to trial was concerned. And in North Alabama and Central Alabama, there was no courthouse that was safe to do that in. Pastor's been in the federal building here, and he said, you got to sign your life away and give them everything you've got just to get in the door. Of the <laughs> so I don't know about that, but anyway. So can anybody think of anything else where current evidence that Tuscaloosa has a leadership call on, on it? You got something, Barry? I think that we also have a next nationally recognized business school, don't we? That it's high up there in ratings. Yeah, and we have national championships in all lot of stuff, you know, uh, golf and gymnastics and several things also so there's no doubt that uh, God I believe God wants to use that for his good and not so that we can be prideful or be but and you know not that we're not not that we don't feel <laughs> blessed by it but there's a difference been been uh, uh, than being blessed and being prideful and to me being Pride, having pride in that, but not to the degree where it's, but y'all are scumbags, you know. <laughs> so, and we could get over into excessive rivalry, you know, division. And I believe that there has been excessive um, competition and divisiveness. Uh, I think a spirit of division, and that's not on here, but you might want to write that in, is one of the things uh, that, and uh, religious factions and stuff. I think that's one reason. I think there's a spirit of division in Tuscaloosa. And I believe it's an atmosphere. The, the competition and the division, and uh, there's some things on racism and stuff like that that, that could point to that. And I think it affects the churches. I think people can, they just up and leave and divide at will and without even thinking. And I think that's because they're operating under a spirit of division in this town and in this county. So, uh, and you might find uh, things like that. We go on down in this. Uh, another thing is that we have spiritual uh well, what is the call on Tuscaloosa County? There's some spiritual calls on this county. And we know that from prophecy, uh, prof mostly just from prophecy. Revival's beginning here. We have a lot of prophecies about that. I think that's one reason God's had Pastor collect all the prophecies about Alabama. We have a prophecy about 10 freedom outposts. And a lot of this doesn't have anything to do with Tuscaloosa. It wasn't given to us personally. It, but it was given at different places in Alabama at different times by different prophets. And so, but the consensus is, is that God wants to do something here. Uh, but I think this, the, the, there's things working against that. And so praying some of these things.
that are on this sheet because we need to get a hold of those things that are working against revival. It's not so much what are we doing wrong, it's what's the devil doing. What's the devil doing that's influencing and infecting the people of our city? And so praying these things out. And don't try to pray this all in one day. You know, this is stuff that needs to be chewed on a little bit, a bit at a time. Like I bind the spirit of idolatry from Tuscaloosa County. And then sit and think about what that looks like. And, the, and just think, we will not idol, idolize nor worship uh, Paul Bear Bryant or Nick Saban or Alabama football. We won't worship that. We will not idolize that. That will only be used for the good of this county in Jesus' name. And we, we will not put any of that before God ever in Jesus' name. That's a way to pray it right there. Uh, I bind the spirit of Islam and, the, and uh, the worship of other gods in Tuscaloosa County. And we take authority over, you know, and pray that out as you see it. And as you, uh, and, and then stay in, a, not just praying a prayer against Freemasonry one time. But, you know, one the other day, I just had this unction come up in my heart as I was praying this. Well, I thank you, Lord, that Freemasonry has lost its grip on Tuscaloosa County. I thank you, Lord, that uh, as the old men that are in the Masons die off, Lord, the young men, young men do not, Go into it and do not replace them. And uh, just, you know, those are things we can declare and we can say, and the Holy Ghost will lead us in that. Satanism, you know, you may know something I don't know, and then all of that going on down. And then binding the spirit of rivalry. Hallelujah. And we love one another. We don't hate Tennessee. We don't hate Auburn. We love one another. Just as you commanded us, Lord, and taking authority. Unity among the churches in the city and peace and supernatural love between the races. And, and repent of something that you see that, uh, that is racially uh, bad. And if you read the history of Tuscaloosa, I, I can't even quote it to you exactly, but in 1964, something happened here in town uh, I think they call it Bloody Tuesday. It actually has that name. But the media wasn't there, so it got no attention. But it happened right before uh, the Bloody Sunday that happened at Selma. It happened like just right before that. But not a lot of people know about it. i tell you something in, uh, that I think that I don't know how to pray this, but I was, as I was reading the history of Tuscaloosa, and the history, well, you know, everybody knows about Wikipedia. And Wikipedia is written by individuals. It's not, you know, you don't even have to be right exactly. But it'll tell the history of a place. And that was really good. The history was. And then it goes on down and tells about the city now. And so it was talking about the churches later on down. And it named a lot of churches uh if you want to know why there's a Baptist stronghold in Tuscaloosa, because First Baptist Church started one year before 
Tuscaloosa became a city and a year before Alabama became a state. So you talk about entrenched, it is here. And uh, But anyway, as I was reading, and he talked about the Presbyterian Church, and he talked about, of course, the ones that are historical, the Episcopal, and uh, uh, those things. But then he mentioned other churches and everything. I noticed, though, in all the mentioning of churches, not one Pentecostal, not one interdenominational, it was like no Pentecostal church existed in this town. And so it's like, I, 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 thought, I thought to myself, and I hadn't figured it out yet, but God will give it to me, or give it to you one to give to me, that what is it that this town doesn't even acknowledge a spirit-filled holy ghost pentecostal church they don't even acknowledge they exist hallelujah we're going to close for tonight but hallelujah praise god